Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. The week is already at an end. Can you believe it? Hi, this is Josh Raymond. Welcome to The Inner Life today. It's uh, Friday of the 14th week in Ordinary Time, and so glad to have you listening today. And over the past year and a half, with all of the social distancing, with wearing masks, the stay-at-home orders, all the rest of that, Did you find yourself getting sick very often? I had one head cold that lasted for a couple of days, but that was it for about the last 18 months. I know there were millions of people in the U.S. who did contract COVID. No one in our family ever did. So the social distancing, it worked for us. And it worked not only for COVID, but it seemed to work for the flu and for those other bugs that are out there that usually hit our family each year. Did you have that same sort of experience? Did you find yourself healthier because of social distancing? Or maybe were you one of the individuals who did test positive for COVID and uh, had to quarantine, had to go through all of that? Well, whether it is a head cold or the flu or something else, being sick, isn't it just awful? I remember I was watching this sitcom from the 90s. It's called Third Rock from the Sun. And the basic premise of this show was that these four aliens from a distant planet, they were living on Earth. They took on human bodies and they were living among us to study humanity. On their home planet, they were intelligent, they were brilliant, they were resourceful, respected individuals. But here on Earth, they had to learn about everything, about social behaviors, how to interact with others, how to interpret things that humans say, sarcasm, hyperbole, all kinds of other things along these lines. And this is where the show derived most of its humor from these aliens looking, sounding, walking around like humans, taking something literal when it was meant figuratively or just their blatant naivete. One episode that I remember, it had all of them experiencing their very first encounter with a head cold. And they all had the normal symptoms, the moderate fever, they had the congestion, the stuffy nose, they were coughing and sneezing, they had the body aches. And every one of these four aliens, they thought they must be dying. That's how awful a cold was for them. They were saying their goodbyes, they were preparing for the end. But within a few days, of course, they were back to normal health. And they were all amazed that they'd survived. They felt like just dancing, you know, going out because I feel so great all of a sudden. I can't believe I made it through that. Sometimes that's what it feels like, though, when we have a cold or a flu. You know, uh, sometimes somebody will say to me if I'm (laughs) if I'm really sick, boy, you look like death warmed over, right? You know, it just takes everything out of you. 
those little bugs, the, the colds, the flu, that's something we all have to suffer through. But then there are some of those more serious, more life-threatening conditions or the, the diseases out there that impact many people each year. And actually, we'll play a little bit of trivia here. There are two main health issues, two categories of disease that account for about 45%, almost half of all the deaths in the U.S. every year. And I'm, I'm going to invite on our spiritual director here. Father Matthew Spencer is joining us today here on The Inner Life. Father Matthew, top two causes of death in the U.S., two different categories of disease. Any idea what those are? <laughs> Josh, I'm a spiritual director, not a physician. <laughs> I know. You, okay. you sound like your uh, bones from Star Trek. <laughs> I became. I know. I became very anxious when you mentioned Third Rock from the Sun because I thought you better not quiz me on Third Rock from no, the Sun. No. I would. I would guess uh, cancer. If I if that if that's a broad enough category. That's, that's the second one. That's that's, that's the number two. One. Yep. Hmm. I, I don't know, Josh. I, number one. I number know. one is heart disease. Heart disease comes ah. in at number one, and this is according to the CDC. And it's not only the top cause of deaths here in the U.S., but this is worldwide. So that that's the number one. Second cause, like you said, uh, again, this is according to the CDC. It's cancer, and this is probably not a surprise to anyone who's listening because I think everyone knows someone who has died from cancer, whether it's a friend, a family member, but. I also found it encouraging to learn that advances in cancer treatments have been making some substantial progress because the death rate from all cancers in the U.S. has dropped by 26% over about the last 30 years. This is since about 1991. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are all kinds of people who have survived in spite of receiving a terminal diagnosis. Many times it's the treatment that allows them to receive that clean bill of health, but there are other times where someone receives a miracle, the cancer, it's suddenly mysteriously gone, or whatever was wrong with the body has suddenly been repaired with no medical explanation. And if you're listening, if you've prayed along with Drew Mariani at 3 p.m. during the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, uh, 3 o'clock Central, or with Father Rocky each evening at 7 p.m. Central on the Family Rosary Across America, you may have heard somebody call in and share how they prayed they asked for healing for some sort of miracle and those prayers united with many thousands of people praying across the country their intention was answered they received that miracle and i'm always amazed at how often i hear those callers share about the healings and the other answered prayers and god is so good to us God has also, he's provided a normal means of us asking for healing within the church, as well as uniting our sufferings to Christ when we face serious illness. It's one of our seven sacraments in the Catholic Church, the anointing of the sick. And today on The Inner Life, that's what we want to spend the hour talking about, looking at the sacrament, looking at the anointing of the sick, what it is, what it does for us when we receive it, and when we should receive it. And that's why Father Matthew Spencer is here with us today. And Father Matthew, he's a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, and he currently serves as the Provincial Superior and Shrine Director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, beautiful Santa Cruz there on uh, the Pacific Ocean. Father Matthew, uh, officially welcome to the program. I know we just spoke a moment ago, but thank you for being here. And uh, how have you done with all the social distancing? Did you find yourself avoiding colds and flus as well? Yeah, now now that you mentioned it, by the way, thank you, Josh. It's always a pleasure to, to be with you. Um, 
Now that you mention it, when you mention you just had the one head cold, I, I don't think I've been, I've, I don't think I've been sick at all uh, in the last eighteen months. Um, thanks be to God, no COVID for that matter. But right. on the other hand, it has been very difficult, hasn't it? It's been so hard to be disconnected from others around us, and and um, and that part has been uh, probably more weighing than having a few colds throughout right. the year. I know, I know. Yeah, are things starting to get back to normal there, uh, where you live in California? It feels like it. Yeah, it feels like the state is opening up. Our dioceses are are um, opening up. Last month, a lot of the restrictions for for participating in services were were lifted, and and thanks be to God, people are coming back to mass. Uh, in a lot of dioceses here on the west coast, the Sunday obligation has not yet been restored. So there's still. Um, People who are who are um, you know distancing and not coming back to mass yet, but we're we're trying to invite right. people when they're ready. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know that's the same situation. There's been that dispensation for the Sunday obligation where I live as well. But you can tell that uh, the different parishes, different churches, they're starting to fill up again, and so yes. it's it's nice to see that. Actually, nice to be able to go and they actually have holy water and the holy water fonts, you know, I mean, things like that are, are kind of back to normal. So it's, it's nice to be able to have a bit, a bit of that normalcy that's returned for us. So today, this, uh, the anointing of the sick, one of our seven sacraments, and Father, uh, I, I always say I'm a big fan of def- defining terms. And for those of us who have been in the church for many years, or perhaps even our entire lives, we can assume that everyone knows what we're talking about when we use certain words or certain terminology. But just to make sure we're all starting on the same page here today, can you explain for us just what a sacrament is? Uh, Absolutely. A sacrament is an outward sign of an invisible reality that communicates grace, and it's instituted by Christ for that matter too. So a sacrament is a very specific, and in the church we have seven sacraments that, uh, that we, we know were instituted by Christ that have external outward, um, aspects of them. For example, in baptism we use water, and you can't have the sacrament of baptism without water. It's an essential part of it as the outward sign. But, it's the inward grace that is that is communicated. It's the sanctifying grace of, of God that comes to us, and so um, as human beings, it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing, Josh. You know, God knows that we are body and soul, and so He He gives us means of of grace that uses both of these these aspects of who we are. It uses the the physical, the tangible, uh, such as bread and wine for the Eucharist, but also uh, nourishes our soul. So that's what the sacraments are in, in general. And so what you're talking about there with whatever the physical substance is, it's something that the church calls matter when we talk about it. Um, and then there's also words that are spoken for each of the seven sacraments, and that's the form or the formula that is used. And uh, so when we talk about matter and form, the substance and the words being spoken, uh, what are the matter and form for the anointing of the sick? Uh, the the yeah that's a very good and important clarification here uh, and and I I would say before we dive into specifically the anointing of the sick uh, the church has always described the the bare minimum necessary for the 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 validity of the sacraments for for them to actually communicate the grace they signify and um, 
We don't say that. Well, for example, for the Eucharist, the matter is bread and wine, and the form or the words of consecration. And now everything around that, you know, the readings from Scripture, the singing, the the gathering together as a people, these are all very important. But um, but of course, in order to understand the essential elements of it, we we do talk about the matter and form itself. And so we could say for for the anointing of the sick, the matter is the uh, anointing with oil of the of the sick individual, which is required by the sacrament. And the form are the, the, the laying on of hands and the words that are spoken, very two short, short phrases that are used as part of the sacrament. Um, so it's, it could happen very quickly, Josh, with just that anointing and those very brief words. But, but usually there's a little more than that. There's some scripture readings that are included. There, there are some intercessions and praying for, for the sick person and other sick people present. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, expression of God's presence among us and, and very much connected to scripture, the laying on of hands, the anointing of the sick and, and praying for the sick. Right. Well, and we, we see that both in the Old Testament and New Testament, oil is used again and again and again for anointing for a, uh, uh, you know, different instances there. Um, now, for us, living after Christ as Christians, as Catholics, you know, this sacrament that, as you explained, instituted by Christ, is this something that, is it only a priest who can be the minister of it? May a deacon anoint someone? Uh, Is a lay person allowed to? That's a, that's a great question. And, and, and it is important to know that the sacraments uh, are, are not able to be conferred by everyone. For example, the sacrament of ordination of holy orders can only be conferred by a bishop. Um, a priest can't do it. A layperson can't do it. Baptism is is rather broad. You don't actually need to be ordained a priest or a deacon to administer it in in certain circumstances. Um, but when it comes to anointing of the sick, yes, the the church has always understood that it is the priest that is the minister of the sacrament. So a deacon may not, uh, may not confer the sacrament. It's impossible, I should say, for a deacon to, to do it, and a layperson can't do it. And this essentially, Josh, goes back to James 5. Uh, St. James, in his letter, uh, exhorts uh, the, the reader to, to call upon the presbyters, to call the presbyters to come to them, to, lay their, to be anointed, to have uh, the laying on of hands, and to be restored to health uh, of body um, and spirit. So then you also talked about that a sacrament is an outward sign of an inward reality. And that that word grace is always associated with a sacrament. And when we talk about sacraments, we also specifically say actual grace. So in the, the anointing of the sick, there is actual grace, saving grace that is conveyed to us. In what way does this happen when someone sick is anointed? Uh, that's a great question, Josh. There, there are there are different uh, uh, effects of the sacrament, um, and certainly when we when we anoint somebody, when the priest anoints somebody, we are praying for physical healing. And sometimes this happens, right? I mean, sometimes people are restored to grace in a rather miraculous way, uh, and sometimes in a very uh, very ordinary way, we see that the sacrament aids in their recovery, even physically. 
but also spiritually, we we know this is important. As as Catholics, we know that ultimately the most important thing is for us to be united to God and to to spend eternity with Him in heaven. And so the the effects of the sacrament are not only about physical healing, which which sometimes occurs and sometimes we don't see that immediately if it's not God's will, but always the 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 spiritual graces are conferred. And one of the beautiful ways this is seen in the sacrament is that the sacrament of the anointing of the sick includes the complete uh, forgiveness of sins, Josh. It's, it's effectively equivalent in, in the end result as a confession without the, the penitent having to necessarily enumerate their sins. There is uh, absolution that is imparted as part of, of the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And that's a beautiful reminder that, you know, when we receive the anointing of the sick, the spiritual healing that we're asking is is a reconciliation to God by the forgiveness of our sins. You know, it makes me think of the four friends who broke through the roof of that crowded, crowded house. They couldn't get their friend who was a paralytic through the crowd. So they climbed up, lowered him down through the roof. Mm. And what are Jesus's first words? Your sins are forgiven. And, you know, then he knows what people around him are thinking, especially the Pharisees, you know, the the scribes, those religious leaders there. And then he, he ends up saying, you know, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? And I, I know I'm not quoting it exactly here, but he he then says, just so that you know that I, the Son of Man, have the authority to forgive sins here on earth. And then he turned to that man and said, rise, take up your mat, go home. And uh, yeah, that, that physical healing came after the spiritual healing, which is so significant. Yeah, and I, I like that, that, <laughs> that beautiful episode from the life of Jesus, too, because um, we 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 look and we say, well, it's kind of easy to say there's spiritual grace being communicated here. You know, you can say it, and how do you prove it, right? Jesus says your sins are forgiven, but how do you prove that to the people who are around him? So in in effect, he's saying, well, I understand that you might not believe that I have the power to do this. So to demonstrate it, I'm going to give you something you can prove, <laughs> that you can test, which is the physical healing of this individual. Uh, it's a little harder to say that to to those around him because they they require some some tangible some proof. sign yeah yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely so now you know as you're talking about there are times where somebody's healed uh, and this kind of brings up a couple questions number one if you receive the anointing of the sick and whatever you're dealing with you know if it's a chronic illness if it's a you know terminal uh, diagnosis whatever it is if that isn't healed. Is there reason to question, was the sacrament effective? Was it valid? And then there's also on the kind of continuing that question of validity, um, there are times where, you know, we were talking about the matter and the form. If those are correct, then a lot of the surrounding things don't necessarily matter. The sacrament is still valid. Are Are there different times that we might be concerned? Did I really receive that true sacrament of the anointing of the sick? Are there things that could make that invalid besides the matter or the form? Well, to the first question about um, should we uh, 
if if I'm not healed physically, does that present a doubt about whether the sacrament is efficacious? And I, I would say no, because uh, because physical healing is not a is not a certainty from the sacrament. Just as if I pray for somebody's healing and they don't get healed, does that mean my prayer didn't matter? Uh, certainly not, right? I mean, my prayer was. Um, was uh, was heard by God and maybe not answered in the way that I intended uh, because God has in his infinite wisdom you know a different plan uh, so when we anoint somebody we don't we don't say oh I guarantee this will heal you physically and if not you know you can take me to court and <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. no we we do but we do believe that 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 can happen but of course that's up to God too, you know. Sometimes God is calling us to Himself, and and our physical healing is not in our best interest. Whether whether we're being called to Him immediately, or maybe for many years into the future, maybe God has a particular plan for me to endure an illness or a, a, a particular malady. Um, and to your to your second question, I mean, uh, as long as the priest is there using oil, it's um and and following these very basic things you know he he must lay his hands on the individual um uh, either either uh, uh it can happen in a couple of different ways depending on the circumstance of the sick person but i don't think there's a real reason to doubt whether the sacrament was conferred or not because priests are trained very carefully about using the proper matter in the proper form and um and it's just not common for priests to depart from that um, good uh, th- there have been cases where priests have tried to, you know, maybe do things a little bit differently, you know, um, maybe not use oil because of their own concern of contagions. Well, if they didn't do that, then it's not going to be communicated. The sacrament won't won't happen. But that that would be the, I think, a very significant exception that um, that I've never heard of. Okay, good, good. Well, and, and that usually seems to be the case in most instances, even when I've heard of. You know, a priest who might be, you know, not as orthodox as some people might hope for. Uh, when it comes to the sacraments, most things are done by the book, by uh, uh, every priest I've ever heard of, for the most part. Our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, and today talking about the anointing of the sick, that sacrament, and helping us understand it, what it is what it imparts to us, that actual grace that we we receive, the healing that is conferred through it, um, conveyed through it. And when have you received the sacrament of the anointing of the sick? What was your experience? How did it help you as you were facing, or maybe you still are facing a serious illness or some other condition, or maybe one of your parents or your grandparents received the anointing of the sick? Did you see how that grace was received in this sacrament, helping them through their illness. Uh, our studio line is open right now at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address, com. Maybe you have a question about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And we'll continue our conversation. Uh, we're going to talk with Father Matthew about his own personal experience uh, with the sacrament of the anointing of the sick right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester.
Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, talking today about one of our seven sacraments, the anointing of the sick. And have you received that sacrament? When? When did you receive the anointing of the, sea, the, the sick? And what was your experience? How did it help you if you were facing some sort of serious illness, some sort of serious disease or condition, uh, maybe an ongoing one, a chronic one. Uh, maybe you saw your parents or your grandparents receive this sacrament, and how did that impact their uh, dealing with the illness? But also, did you see how that grace worked in their lives so that there was, maybe even if there wasn't a physical healing, you could see that there was that spiritual healing that very obviously took place. Our studio line, 8 8 And Father Matthew, uh, one of the things that I've heard in the past is people maybe being a little confused when they hear the anointing of the sick, that they might think that it is also receiving last rites. And uh, can you help kind of clear up confusion what are the difference between the two of these, between receiving last rites, between receiving the anointing of the sick? Yes, uh, this is the same sacrament, uh, colloquially, colloquially known as last rites, uh, although it's not common that we, we refer to it in the church that way anymore, although plenty of people will, will call it that, and, and it's, it's appropriate. I mean, I, I know what they mean. Um, the reason that oftentimes it, it has in the past been referred to as last rites is because over the centuries, more and more the sacrament has been has been given to people who are who are dying and reserved for the for the most grave situations, which is of course a little departure from the the initial. Uh, purpose of the sacrament, which Jesus instituted it for, which is for the, the seriously ill, not, not only for the dying. So when the Second Vatican Council uh, began its renewal and efforts to you know, increase awareness of, of the church teaching, uh, it began to try and refer to the sacrament as the anointing of the sick rather than as the last rites in order to emphasize that it's not only for people who are who are dying or who are at their very last moments uh, in life, but rather for people um, of, of other situations as well. You know, Josh, it's um, as a priest, I remember when I first uh, started visiting people in the hospital, I would walk into a hospital room and sometimes people are not so happy to see you. They, they see the caller and they say, no, 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 leave. Don't come not yet. yet. Not yet. My, my loved one's going to die if you anoint them, uh-huh. right? Which is the exact opposite of what, what we believe the sacrament to be. Uh, and I think that's an important catechesis that we need to remember, that the sacrament is not intended only for people who are dying, but for people who are, who are seriously ill and needing help. And, and by extension, Josh, it's important to not wait until somebody is at their last breath 
to have them anointed because then we're we're risking the possibility of them actually having a priest come, whether a priest is available or not. That's why we should be a little more prudent and take a little more efforts beforehand to have our, our loved ones anointed. Well, and, you know, that kind of brings up another question. You know, you talked about it used to be reserved for the most serious of illnesses or right before somebody looked like they were about to die. Um, you know, that's been expanded in its use in modern times within the church, trying to bring it back to how it was originally understood. And so as we're talking about serious illness, who can receive the anointing of the sick? I mean, where do, you know, how do we define what is serious illness versus what might not be so serious? Uh be careful, Josh. You ask a question like that, and I'll talk for half an hour on the requirements. Okay, of, you got 30 <laughs> seconds. I'm okay, joking. I'm good. joking. No, no, no. Go so, ahead. <laughs> um, no, but very simply, we could say um, it has to be a person who has reached the age of reason. Uh, and that's important. We don't we don't anoint, say, a two-year-old. Um, we baptize a two-year-old, right? And the, the, that two-year-old uh, then has sanctifying grace, has not committed a sin, and therefore... Uh, you know, is is not uh, needing the sacrament in the same way that others will. So you have to have reached the age of, of reason, first of all. Uh, secondly, uh, Canon uh, 1004, I think, de- uh, defines it very well, saying that it ha- the person has to begin to be in danger. Uh, and that's the way it describes... Uh, the severity of the illness. So you can't just say, well, I have a bad headache today. I really want to have the anointing of the sick. No, that's, that's not what the sacrament is for. It's for somebody who, who is beginning to be in danger, maybe of death or maybe simply of the risk of death. For example, somebody who's about to undergo general anesthesia, we, we encourage to have the anointing of the sick because there, there is danger associated with, with uh, general anesthetic. And, and, it's, um, and it's good to be in a state of grace and to implore God's healing for that. So th- those are kind of the, the overarching principles we use. And then, then uh, in particular cases, you can drill down and the church gives more criteria for it. So then another question that might come to somebody's mind is, well, I've got this serious illness, and I've been dealing with it for a long time. I was anointed back a couple of years ago for it. Uh, you know, am I able to be anointed regularly? Can I go and receive anointing of the sick once a month or once a year? Or you know, is there a limit on it? There's not a there's not a hard limit on it. What the church says is that uh, first of all, if somebody's condition worsens then they can receive it again. So uh, hypothetically, if one is in the hospital, they're about to go undergo a procedure, they can receive the anointing of the sick. And then afterwards, after that procedure, even a, a couple days later, maybe they have uh, gone quite downhill and their condition has worsened, they could conceivably be, be anointed again. Um, to receive it regularly, it's not a it's not a habitual sacrament in the sense uh, in the way that say confession or the Eucharist is. So I, I wouldn't say that the church encourages its use, uh, you know, on a weekly, monthly basis. Uh, but there are there can be conditions where the danger of life is, changes over time, and and on a you know more frequent basis, somebody might seek out this sacrament. 
Okay. All right. Good. Well, so then you yourself, you have your own personal experience. You went through a time where uh, there, your, your health, as you put it, you know, there was that danger that was... Uh, can you tell us a little about your own personal experience and how the anointing of the sick helped you through your, your uh, period there dealing with kind of a life and death questionable situation? Yeah, I've I've been anointed a few times in my life, actually, Josh. And um, the first time was uh, in my early 20s. I started to um, experience the effects of a, a brain injury uh, due to some congenital defects in the blood vessels in my brain. And I was hospitalized and eventually needed to have brain surgery. And and uh, I was anointed well before that surgery because my my condition was was very grave indeed. Uh, my life was was on the line, and that sacrament uh, certainly gave me consolation uh, emotionally and spiritually. But I also believe contributed to my my physical healing and my restoration to you know to to good health over time. And in my recovery, I went through some ups and downs as well. And those were the the other two times I received the sacrament when soon after my surgery, I had a a kind of um, dangerous, you know, situation in my recovery. And then, and then a couple years later had another procedure. So I really appreciate the sacrament. And I really, I'm really grateful that the church has reminded us is not only for those who are dying, but but is should be accessible to those who are experiencing some serious illness and, and maybe in danger of, of death or, or of um, becoming grave themselves. Our spiritual director today, Father Matthew Spencer. He's a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph. And Father, let's go to the phones. Our phone lines are open, 888-914-9149, as we talk today about the anointing of the sick. How have you experienced that in your own life? Have you received that sacrament? And how did it help you when you were maybe facing that serious illness? Maybe there was a question of, would you survive uh, a surgery, a procedure, something that was happening? Maybe you're still facing that serious illness? Or did you see your parents or your grandparents receive the sacrament of the anointing of the sick? How did you see that work in their lives? Our studio line, 888-914-9149. And Father Kathleen is listening to us in southern New Jersey. Hi, Kathleen. You're on the air with Father Matthew. Hello, Father. Thank you for taking my call. About a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was facing surgery. It was hopeful, but uncertain until after the surgery results as to what what was going to happen. And a priest friend of mine asked if I wanted to be anointed. I hadn't even thought about it, but I thought, yes, I do, I do. So he said, come to 9 o'clock Mass. So I went to 9 o'clock Mass, and he told me halfway through the Mass that I would be anointed, and I was to sit in the front row. So we're halfway Halfway through the Mass, sitting in the front row, Father comes down, and he anoints me, and my head was bowed after he had done my forehead. And shortly after that, I felt hands on my shoulders, on my arms, on my back, on my head. Everyone in the congregation had come up and was touching me and supporting me. I think you can tell that even now, when I reflect, back on that moment. I can feel the grace and the peace that the Lord gave me. That's beautiful, Kathleen. It's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful reminder that that the sacraments are always for for the community. 
Uh, even confession, which is very personal and, and private, you know, between myself and God, uh, by my restoration to grace and by my healing spiritually, uh, the community it not only benefits, but the community aids me in that too. And your your experience, Kathleen, is a beautiful reminder of that, that God himself uh, wants us to experience the sacraments within a believing community and within the context of those who are supportive of us. So thank you for your witness. What a beautiful reminder that um, that our our faith brings us together as a community and the sacraments are wonderfully celebrated together with one another. Kathleen, thanks so much for the call. And again, our studio lines are open, 888-914-9149, as today we're talking about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Maybe you have a question about the sacrament, or maybe you've received it and would love to share how you have experienced the real, actual grace that's received in that sacrament. Uh, Encourage others that are listening as they're questioning, well, is this something I should do if I'm facing a serious illness, a serious uh, disease that I just received uh, you know, some sort of diagnosis for. Our studio line again, 888-914-9149. We'll continue our conversation and take more of your phone calls right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, talking today about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. How have you experienced that sacrament in your own life? Maybe you've received that sacrament if you were dealing with an illness, if there was something, maybe you were going for surgery and you received that sacrament. Uh, Maybe you saw your mother or your father or a grandparent receive that. How did you see that grace that actual grace received in that sacrament helped them through that illness or that difficulty that they were going through. Uh, our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father Matthew, uh, you know, one thing that we should probably talk about, we've been talking about a lot of the effects about how this sacrament works. If this is something where I'm questioning and saying, yeah, I've got a pretty serious condition or illness or, you know, I've got this diagnosis, should I just go and talk to my parish priest? Is there another way to go about setting up a time that I could receive this sacrament? Does it need to be done at the parish? Can it be done at my home? You talked about a priest visiting in the hospital, obviously, for somebody who can't make it to a parish. Uh, yeah, so practically the the first one to, to field those kind of questions is your, your local pastor, your parish priest. There are some criteria that I can share. You know, if you're, if you're going to have a procedure that includes general anesthesia, then certainly uh, you're a candidate to receive the sacrament of the sick. Uh, if you uh, are facing a life-threatening illness, then you're very likely a good candidate for this sacrament. 
Uh, and then there are other conditions and other illnesses that also would warrant uh, the reception of this sacrament. So if there's a doubt in your mind, then um, certainly take a moment to ask your, your priest. Maybe you just catch him after Mass and you say, well, this is my situation. Do you think this that uh, it, it uh, would warrant reception of the sacrament of the sick? And the priest can help you, your priest can help you discern that. Um, it, the sacrament can be celebrated in many in many ways, uh, Josh. In fact, the ritual books that we use to celebrate the sacrament include uh, different forms. So one can be in the context of a communal celebration. Uh, one can be in the context of, say, at, at, at the bedside at a home. Another, which is a more abbreviated form, can be done within the hospital uh, itself. And so um, the church provides, based on different circumstances, different uh, approaches, different ways that this can be celebrated that are uh, appropriate to the circumstances. Um, and, and that's what I would say, Josh, is um, when we approach the sacraments open to the guidance of the church, that's the best way to do it. Rather than saying, well, I, I know that I need this sacrament. I, I, I demand it. On the one hand, we might, <laughs> okay. we might be wrong. On the other hand, saying, no, no, I don't need that. That's also, uh, I think, uh, uh, maybe a mistake that's too often made people not turning to the, the sacraments for their aid. Well, so let's say that I, I have uh, a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife, and they seem to be a perfect candidate for this, but maybe they're a little reluctant to receive this sacrament. They're Catholic. You know, we go to Mass every Sunday, but uh, they just don't want to for whatever reason. They don't want to receive this. Any, any words of encouragement on how we might help direct them and, and, you know, persuade, hey, this might be a really good way for you to receive some additional spiritual healing and grace, uh, you know, by receiving the sacrament. Yes, and and unfortunately, this is not uncommon, Josh. You know, not not everybody is is uh, prepared to receive the sacrament or 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 willing in that sense. The, what I've found most helpful is trying to communicate to our loved ones what the sacrament actually is. You know, and for example, helping them see that just because you receive the sacrament doesn't mean that now you're at death's door. You know, uh, sometimes we we have that that false understanding. Uh, of it, and sometimes our loved ones just need to be reminded. No, this sacrament is not just for for those who are dying. This is for our healing and for our our spiritual restoration. Uh, so that can be helpful, explaining how how the sacrament works and how it fits in. Um, also, preparing our loved ones to help them see that. Um, that while it might be frightening or while it might seem uh, that, that maybe not necessary at this point, maybe there are good reasons to do this and maybe we don't need to fear the reception of these sacraments. Uh, nobody, Josh, nobody can be forced to receive a sacrament. Right, right. And so you can't, if your loved one is dying and they, they're adamantly opposed to receiving the sacrament of the sick, then a priest will not confer that sacrament because this is... They have to. They have to desire it and want it at least implicitly. Um, but um, I think there's a lot we can do to help encourage our loved ones to be open to to these moments of grace. Right. Well, and especially if we're doing it, you know, coming from a place of love and compassion. So, absolutely. Father Matthew Spencer is our spiritual director, and Father Matthew, let's go back to the phones. We've got Joanne who's listening to us in Watertown, Minnesota. Hi, Joanne. Welcome to the Inner Life today. Well, hi. I was just telling them um, that my husband received that the sacrament of anointing about four or five times because he was down at Mayo Clinic 
dealing with um, MDS, and they gave it to him there, and then he came home, and I have a cousin that's a priest and a nephew that's a priest. That's kind of a little plus. And we got it. He got it from both of them. And um, then he got a fungal infection and everything. Anyway, he passed on the 4th of July, and today is his funeral. But mm. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, but the sacrament, excuse me, he got peace and calm from that. Mm. But so did I, you know. All of the family did too. And it's so important to have people do that. It, I've, um, excuse me. No, I've never seen fine, him Joanne. so calm and so clear after how many chemos he, re- he got the clarity and the peace that I've never seen in him in my 42 years of marriage. So it's, it's a good thing. And I thank the priests for doing that. Wow, what a what a beautiful story. First of all, Joanne, I wanted to tell you that our listeners, including myself and Josh and our whole crew at Relevant Radio, is going to be praying for the repose of the soul of your husband, for especially your consolation uh, as you... Yeah, and his name you, is Patrick Lynch. Patrick, Our very grandkids good. have been calling in for the Relevant Radio rosary for him uh, for a long time. Good, I'm, I'm so glad He's, to hear that. Uh, he did the rosary with everybody every night, too, and... He would just love that, I don't know, but the, the peace that that man got and calm, and he's 68 years old, he got such peace and calm through the last week after all those blessings, and he, and he put his mind to it that that is what he's going to do. He's gonna, um, he said, thy will be done. And when Amen. he did, yeah. and all those blessings, and I think the grace that he got from them all, is how he could do this so beautifully. Last night, we had a wake, and it was supposed to end at 8, and it ended at 10.30. There was just amazing, amazing people yeah. that thought he was pretty wonderful. But anyway, um, well, Joanne, thank you for the sacraments. Yeah, praise God for, for the sacraments. And I think what you're describing is what I've seen countless times, that somebody who's facing a very stressful uh, uh, you know, difficult situations such as illness or even death, uh, when they're accompanied by God's grace, uh, a peace that's, that's inexplicable in human terms, a peace, uh, can be, can envelop them, aid them and aid their loved ones. So I'm so grateful for, for Patrick's uh, witness, Joanne, and you're, you're sharing it so that others might also look for that same peace when they're in difficult times. Thanks for calling in, Joanne. Father, we've got Matt, who's listening in Fullerton, California. Hi, Matt. You're on the air with Father Matthew Spencer. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, My wife, she just died on June 3rd of this year. Mm -hmm. And um, when she, when, you know, she was sick for about three years and we didn't really know what was going on. And she was having a lot of uh, pain in her, her abdomen and, and she could hardly eat and she was afraid to eat. And then she lost so much weight and she was admitted into the hospital 10 times. And the last time that she was admitted, she died. But, you know, one time I had, uh, you know, we live pretty close to the Norbertine priest out here in orange, California. Mm-hmm. And I, I called up there and I, I told father Theodore my wife's going to be going into the hospital. 
again. She's not doing too good. And he came right over to our home and he anointed her and he gave her Holy Communion. And, um, you know, what we experienced was, you know, a, a deep sense of uh, a desire to pray more. And, and, um, you know, she did feel like a, 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 a warmth, you know, like a, a heat sensation. And, and, um, then, uh, she went to confession. I ended up taking her back up there to the Norbertine priest cause they have confessions there. And, and then I guess she was sharing with him what was going on at, with the priest and he, he, he just got up out of uh, the confession. I guess he went and got his um, his oil, and he anointed her again. And then the tenth time that uh, she was admitted, um, she, she was in the emergency. And um, I called Father Theodore again, and he, he came right. And I told the nurse that our priest is coming, and, and she let him in through the back, and without any hesitation, any wait, he came into the emergencies and Jennifer, how are you doing? Not too good, huh? You're you're here in the emergency again. And she said, yeah. And he said, would you like to go to confession? And she said, yes. And I stepped out and she was in there with him for about 10 minutes. Then he invited me in and he anointed her. And we both received Holy Communion. And then she died the next day. Wow. Well, so Matt, I, a... I, I do see she had a holy death, you know, and it just yeah. seems like it was a total preparation to help her uh, make peace with God and yeah, well, to I'm, offer I'm, her pain. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I'm really grateful, Matt, that, um, that you were there with her, you know, to, to make sure that she did have access to the sacraments, to make sure that she was able to go to confession, to, to call uh, Father Theodore, to, to, to make sure that, you know, one of the effects that we haven't mentioned, Matt, of the sacrament is, is a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us. That warmth that your, your wife felt, uh, you know, is often an indication of that. Uh, the peace that comes over us is often a result of the Holy Spirit abiding within us in a, in a new, profound way. And, um, and that's also what your wife, Jennifer, experienced in her, her last days. Thanks be to God. So just as we are speaking with uh, Joanne and hearing the story of Patrick, also your, your own wife, um, thanks be to God, you know, had those, those moments of grace. So, Matt, I just want to tell you that we will certainly remember you and remember uh, your wife, Jennifer, that she might be resting right now in the peace of God. And, um, and thank you so much for your testimony. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for your call. And, uh, Father, you know, we're down to just our last minute or so here, but listening to both Joanne and Matt talk about their, their spouses, that happy, holy death, you know, I mean, you can hear in both of their descriptions of the days leading up to the death of their spouse that there was that, that spiritual healing that absolutely did take place there for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, God, God pours out his, his mercy in, a, in an abundant way at the, at the time of our death, and especially when we're turning to him and pleading for that mercy, when we're going to St. Joseph, patron of a happy death. All of these are important preparations, but most especially the, the reception of the sacrament of the anointing. 
Well, Father, our phone lines are just stacked. I'm sorry we can't get to more phone calls today, but we're going to have to have you back and continue talking about this sacrament. There's so many people who uh, would like to share their stories as well. But in our remaining about 15, 20 seconds here, Father, could I ask you to offer a final blessing for this hour for our listeners? Heavenly Father, look upon all of our listeners with your great mercy and tenderness. And I ask you, Lord, to continue to protect them and care for them. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Matthew Spencer, our spiritual director today. And of course, you can listen to the entire podcast of today's show at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And of course, we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday. Stay tuned. We've got Mass that's coming up next with Father Mark Mike Brennan as our celebrant. Have a blessed and wonderful weekend.